Warning, this podcast includes discussion of severe mental health disorders. Viewer discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to Psychosis Is. I am your host, Aaron Wall. A few years ago, I experienced a major psychotic break and have since made a full recovery. Each week, we will dive into a story of psychosis and discuss their tales of struggle and recovery, as well as my own. I hope this podcast brings awareness that recovery is always possible, even when you have lost all hope. Let's welcome our guest, Lisa Ross. So Lisa will actually be talking about her uh, daughter's uh, psychosis story. So, Hi. Hi, Lisa. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Oh, so you told me before we uh, before we met that you actually had three daughters that were in psychosis. Yes, right? I had. Yes, I did. I had three daughters that um, experienced it, and um, one got as as they as they each went through. One was worse than the other. Yeah, um, you know, so, my the first one was very short lived, and then the next two were way longer. So. Lisa's story is actually going to be special because we're going to have three different episodes for all of her daughter's uh, stories, if that's still okay with you. Yeah, I mean, if we can fit it into, I mean, if we can do three, my first daughter, the one I'll talk about first is my oldest and hers was more, um, like I said, it was, it was much shorter. It might not be the full length of a, of the podcast. And so, you know, but, but if there's questions that I can answer in, along the way that might help it along. For sure. So what event do you know, uh, if you know, caused your daughter's psychotic break? Oh, yeah, I definitely know. So um, she was only 18 at the time. And we, my mom, who we were all, my mom was very close with my girls. Um, my mom actually died on Christmas Eve. She had um, a heart attack. And so that sent my daughter, who was 18, in a major spiral. And the way she did it was to go hang out with all of her drug addict friends and just do constant drugs, whether it was at the time, you know, marijuana was, of course, number one, but there was also a lot of psychedelics and things like that that she was doing. Oh, okay. That, yeah, that's actually interesting. So I, when I went into psychosis, I had like major life changes going on, a lot of stress. And I actually took acid one time and it sent me into a spiral and I went into psychosis uh, a week or two after I took the acid. Wow. Okay. So it took you that long. So like with Ashley, she had, she was, again, she was smoking a lot of pot at the time. Like just, that's what all her friends were, you know, really into. And but she used to go to these festivals. This was her thing to do. And all of her friends would go to the festivals and they would all do psychedelics and, you know, mushrooms or God knows whatever, and just go to these things. Um, and, you know, again, being that she was 18 at the time, I was doing my best to keep her, you know, grounded and try to talk with her, but she really just, she was just shutting down and, and she wasn't doing drugs. She was sleeping. She, what do you What do you mean she was sleeping? She would. She she slept so much. Like that was that's her coping. Her coping has always been to sleep, and like even to this day, like if she's 
really stressed out about something going on in life with work or, or what have you, she'll, she just crashes out and she'll sleep. She can sleep for, the girl can sleep for like 10 straight hours. Wow. I wish I could sleep that much. <laughs> yeah, I know. You and me both. But, um, and, you know, bottom line is the way she slipped into the psychosis was because of LSD. And yep. Yep. She was, she was um, hanging out with this guy who we didn't care for. He was, he was just bad news. I mean, we just saw it coming a mile a minute, a mile away. I'm sorry. And um, I, it was one, it was a Friday morning. It was nice outside. And I happened to be sitting in the kitchen and he came in and sat down and said, Hey, I, um, I don't want you to freak out, but Ashley, he said, Ashley accidentally got, um, is like, like, I guess the story goes and, you know, she still says, mom, that's what happened. There was, I guess I never saw LSD personally, but it's liquid and it was in this vial. And when she had it open, it had dripped along her finger and she closed the vial and licked her finger. And it sent her into this like huge like psychosis. Um, and at the time she was at this, with this guy at his friend's house and she really, her psychosis was paranoia. Um, she thought, you know, they apparently, they, they wouldn't let her call me. Like she was like, I need to call my mom. And they were like, you know, no, 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 don't call your mom. Like it's, everything's gonna be fine. You're just tripping, it's okay. and that kind of thing. So he brings her home and tells me this. And I, I just remember just, I stood up and I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, well, I, I need your help. So we went into her bedroom and she was pacing and her eyes were like huge. And she was like, mom, mom. And I, and that was it. Just, I told him, I was like, you need to leave. And basically for the next, oh gosh, I'd say, I'd say a good solid five days she was freaking out and i i remember laying in bed with her and you know just kind of holding her because she she couldn't relax like she would close her eyes and then her eyes would open up immediately and 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 she was very very anxious and she was saying that just far out things like that basically the fbi and we're going to come and get her and arrest her and all this stuff it made absolutely no sense and but as you know when i when yeah when yep. i was in psychosis i had uh i had the same thing so um when when did this happen like around what oh, year uh 2010 oh okay so that was a while ago yeah because she's now she's gonna she's 33 now and she's actually a nurse and she's not on she doesn't do recreational drugs or she's not you know medicated or you know, anything like that she's she actually can't she actually can't even drink like we make a joke of it because i live in north carolina and she's in new jersey um with a girlfriend and her whole family's around and she says to me you know i can't even drink i'm such a lightweight like i go out and i have like one drink and i'm like okay i'm ready to go back to the apartment now because i'm like you're so funny she's like yeah i can't do it so it's kind of ironic how things have you know changed but um yeah so i mean uh, that went on that went on for a while she ended did, up go ahead 
So did she know that she was in psychosis or did like someone else tell y'all she was in psychosis? Oh no, I just knew she was in psychosis because of all the outlandish things she was saying. You know, just just really, I mean, at one point, she actually, we we got her um, into a facility. She was there for 16 days and it was a dual diagnosis facility. Um, the reason she went, the reason we got her in there was a place, do, should I name names or it doesn't matter? Or... Oh yeah, you can name names. Okay, okay, okay. I wasn't sure. Okay. I wasn't sure. It was a place called Four Winds. And um, again, dual diagnosis. And we, you know, we brought her there and it looked like a campsite. It was really cool. Like it had a bunch of different um, buildings, if you may, like of kind of like little cabins. And they did a lot of structured stuff there and they had group and so on. And of course, doctors and nurses around the clock. Um, and she she did very well. I remember when we, you know, we went and we did one visit and then the next time we went, it was time to pick her up again. It was only 16 days. Um, the doctors and nurses that had saw her, we all had a meeting this one specific day and they just said, you know, that Ashley needs to never do any kind of recreational drug because it could literally send her back into this state and she may not be able to come out of it because she was even though it was like you know I mean again I'm not I, I I'm not I'm 56 years old I wasn't all big into the psychedelic drugs or anything when I was growing up but apparently it shouldn't last that long but because of the way that it went for her and it was for so long and she actually was considering committing suicide because she said if she committed suicide, it would be, she was convinced that it was going to save her family because she was afraid that um, the FBI or whoever was going to come and they were going to arrest all of us. And, you know, it just, it made no sense. And I remember saying to her, honey, like, I don't mean to be mean, just listen to me. You're an 18 year old girl. You're not like that important. You don't have like, you know, like like, it just, you know, I was trying to reason with her and she would start to be like, oh, okay, like that makes sense. But then her, her mind would just start playing with her again. And, you know, so she went on like that, like I said, for a while. And then she went to the dual diagnosis place. And, um, you know, I remember she came home and again, it was 2010. So it was such a long time ago, but it took some time for her to really settle down. She did not want to be around anybody who was smoking. Uh, or, you know, smoking weed or doing anything that it it would make her feel paranoid and uncomfortable and anxious. And, you know, she'd call me and be like, Mom, can you do me a favor? Uh, You know, I came here with Amanda, but, you know, her and Gina are smoking and I I can't be, will you come pick me up? Like, you know, and I'm like, sure, you know, and I'd go and pick her up. She was like, thanks. I just can't be around it. It makes me feel yucky. So, and that was it. It was, like I said, it was short-lived. She did have a lot of anxiety from that and she still does have like she'll still get anxiety but it's it's not huge and she's old enough to where she can she knows how to deflect and you know kind of ground herself and feel better and not feel so yucky i that's the only way it's it's funny all of my girls that's what we call it we feel yucky and and it's (laughs) it's how we explain it through panic um, panic attacks back when my youngest was two or three and she's 22 
And I actually am on Zoloft and will be on Zoloft until whenever I'm not here anymore because it helped me. I obviously have, you know, need it. And um, I did go off of it once myself with my doctor and I, I was a mess. All I did was cry for two weeks. Like I just, everything, I cried at everything. I couldn't even get out of bed. I was crying so hard. It was ridiculous. So I, I'm on that and I'll be on that forever. But whenever we, that's me too, I would say, you know what? You know, I get my blood drawn. If I'm going to feel like I'm going to pass out, I might turn to one of my daughters who are with me and go, I'm feeling a little yucky. <laughs> they know exactly what I mean. So, yeah, for sure. So, I mean, we act, her and I have some similarities. I think I was in psychosis a little bit longer. I was in for about two and a half months, but yeah. there was like a week break in between because I was hospitalized twice. So I was having all of those same fears, like the FBI was going to get me. I, I thought about suicide a few times. There would be easier um, easier to, to deal with. Uh, but um, you said she was in the hospital just once? Yeah, just once, just for the, the two little over two weeks, yep. Okay, and do you know if she had auditory or visual hallucinations, or did she have both of those? Um, I don't think she had visual. I don't recall her back then, like ever saying that, you know, she saw anything that, you know, that was not there or what have you. Um, but she definitely had the, the audio because she was, you know, like I said, she kept thinking like she was being told that, you know, she'll, she's either going to get picked up or she should, you know, commit suicide so that she could save her family. Yeah. So and I don't I know who was telling her. So when I was in psychosis, I had uh, auditory and visual hallucinations. I saw uh, like really, really scary things. And I thought that like zombies were coming after me. And I thought that I saw dead people. And I, I thought that like flies were talking to me. It was just, it was uh, a crazy experience. Yes. And um, I was hospitalized actually. So my story is interesting because where I was hospitalized, it wasn't even a psych ward, really, like a normal psych ward. It was a Balboa Naval Hospital. So I was really the only, no, I really, no, I was the only case there that uh, had like PTSD, psychosis symptoms from, um, not from like war and PTSD and everything. Like I was literally the only drug induced psych mm. psychologist there. Wow. So, um so How that long was what did that happen to you so it i got into psychosis around august of 2017 and i left the hospital for the second time on halloween of 2017 so it's been almost six years okay yep yeah um how was her treatment like did she did she get go to therapy did she take uh, did she take medication for a little bit? Like how, how did, she, how did she recover? She actually, yes, there was outpatient therapy, like IOPs. And she did that three times a week in the beginning. And it was just, you know, small group and they would just, you know, all get together at this place and talk, I guess, and, you know, have group and, and do, um, exercises, like, you know, give them kind of examples of like, you know, once you're out there and, you know, this happens, if someone asks you if you want to smoke or do drugs or whatever, you know, I guess things like that. I wasn't really obviously in them, 
but that's what I can remember. Now, as far as medication goes, she probably was on medication, but again, I don't remember because it was so long ago. You know, I mean, I, I, I'm sure I guarantee that she would remember, but, but because of the fact that A, it, I went through it two more times with the other girls, I can't keep everybody straight because <laughs> no, that's, that's fine. Okay. Um, so we already, we already said that she definitely thought about suicide. I think that's just kind of a normal thing for everybody in psychosis, unfortunately. Um, and you said that she's not on really, she's not on treatment now. She can, nope. she can handle. Yes. So that, that's so awesome. Cause you know, I'm the same way. Uh, I take anxiety meds and right now I'm in therapy dealing with some other things. And it's funny that you mentioned Zoloft because I thought about taking Zoloft again because yep. what I need, well, not again, but uh, taking it because what I need to work through in therapy, it, it makes me like really sad and it's really unfortunate. It's about a lot of different trauma that I went through. And yep. I, yeah, I think I need Zoloft to kind of help me get through that so that mm -hmm. I can get through those uneasy feelings and not let it like consume me with depression. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, sweetheart. I agree with you. And, you know, that's probably from, from what I gathered, because again, when I started having these panic attacks, personally, I didn't even know that they were panic attacks. I didn't know what they were, but they were very, very debilitating. I, I actually almost became agoraphobic. Like I, I didn't even want to leave the house. And, you know, once I started with a therapist back then, I remember it go, it went all the way back to my childhood. And, you know, here I was, you know, like, I don't know, 35 years old and, you know, three daughters and everything. And all of a sudden now I'm like, now it's, but apparently that's what they say happens. You know, I had trauma growing up and therefore I probably suppressed it. And then it popped back, you know, reared its ugly head at this age for whatever reason yeah it's it's hard to not suppress trauma honestly that's just kind of what our brains go to right away like oh my god that's a bad memory let's let's tuck it away somewhere and not yep. deal with it absolutely yes it's not okay. good okay so that was really really interesting and i have a few closing questions if sure. okay uh so do you regret i mean do you regret that she went through that and if you do what would you have done differently okay so that's a really good question and do i regret it i mean i i mean it stinks and i'm sad for her that she did however i'm extremely uh i'm a i'm a faithful i'm christian i i i'm all about god and so therefore i actually thank him for that because she was going so far down this rabbit hole of just depression and like i said smoking weed and you know had this gross boyfriend actually a couple of different over the course of you know like six months or whatever a couple of different boyfriends and they were just yucky and there's that word again um and you know if she didn't if like if like that didn't happen to her then I feel like it could have been worse. Uh, you know, it, if it didn't, if she didn't get interrupted in the midst of being, you know, just uncontrollable at 18, yeah. it could have been worse. I mean, she could have ended up not even here. So I feel like it was a, it was 
a good interruption and it wasn't i mean it, it sucks and it was horrible and it was scary as anything but i was thankful that she was there and in my bed with me and you know just leaning on me to <clears throat> excuse me to help her um um you know understand what she was going through even though i didn't understand it but i understood it i don't know if that makes sense <laughs> yeah no i mean it's it's great it's interesting that you say that because i'm the same way i don't regret the psychosis that i went through i was going down a rabbit hole i was going down the wrong path as well and it's i'm religious as well and i think that was just god being like hey you're not listening to all of these things yep. that I'm, all these signs i'm sending you so here your life is gonna halt now and you're you're just you're gonna you're gonna deal with your brain shutting down yeah yes that's right honey absolutely i agree i feel the same way you know um I know I said, I mentioned, you know, my mom had passed away and um, so she, she died on Christmas Eve. Like I said, it was actually, it was 07, right? Yes. Cause it was Christmas Eve. So then cause it's so hard because it was basically the end of the year. So I'm always like, wait, was it 08? No. So it was 07. So, you know, it, it was very traumatic. I'm an only child. My dad passed away when I was three months old in a car accident. So it's only always been my mother and myself. And my mom was making really poor choices as well. And the way that I rationalized the fact that she died on Christmas Eve at only 62 years old, she just turned 62 in November, was because she wasn't listening to God. She was also doing things that she shouldn't have been doing. And believe it or not, like, I feel like I was her mom at times. So, you know, that's how I rationalize it. Like God was like, you know what, you need to come home because you're not listening and it's not going to get any better. And so he brought her home, you know, but no time is a good time when your loved ones leave, whether it be Christmas Eve or a Saturday, you know what I mean? It just doesn't yeah. matter. It still was stinky. So I think that, you know, that's where, if you think about it, if she, you know, she died in the end of 07. So now, you oh and oh by the way um a year later in march of 09 my husband and i were in a really bad car accident so that also you know helped <laughs> helped push ashley along because we were in a severe accident we had gone out to dinner with some friends we were rear-ended by a um drunk driver who was also apparently rolling which i guess is a term they use when they're doing drugs so this kid hits us going pretty fast and my husband was actually paralyzed from the neck down oh and then God. right so he had to be you know airlifted and the whole nine yards it was a horrible thing um then he was you know then they said he was paralyzed from the waist down and he's praise jesus he's not any of that i mean he has he's he's considered a walking quadriplegic so wow. he can you know, he, he, he's got his nerve damage, but he's been working. He's, he's golfed a bit, you know, like he can golf. It's not like the best, but he gets out there and he does great. And, you know, he can walk and talk and, and we're so thankful that he's here and that, that, you know, cause it could have been so worse, obviously. Um, again, why I think Ashley went into the nursing situation. She went in that, you know, because, of the fact that she felt like, okay, I'm the oldest and I'm going to have to be there for my mom and dad now, especially that my dad has this injury that is, you know, going to change his life forever. And, sure. Yeah, I had an angel visit me at, at the hospital. 
Wow. Yeah, it is wonderful. So what piece of advice would you give someone who is also struggling? Um, Who's struggling as a loved one or who's struggling as a person going through it? Uh, Both. Both. Okay. So if you're, I feel as though, you know, if you, if you are going through something and you're struggling yourself and you're not sure what, you know, what you're thinking, if your thoughts are rational, if your thoughts are, are, you know, all over the place and you're not sure what to do, if you can find someone who you trust, and I know it's very hard to find someone to trust, especially these days. Uh, a lot of times it's not a, it's not a friend because sometimes friends are unfortunate that they're not completely trustworthy. Um, but if you can, if you have a sibling or a grandparent, you know, or a, if you're in school, a coach, you know, somebody that you could go to that you could confide in and tell them the things that you're feeling and maybe they can guide you and help you feel, you know, get to someone safe, safely and, and hopefully find help, whether it's on medication or, or whatever the case may be. And uh, as far as you being the loved one, myself, I, there's, it's really hard because you don't know because everybody is just out there and you're told, you know, I, I'm a stay-at-home mom. I've been home my whole life with my girls. I mean, my, Ashley was born, I was married, I was 22 years old. I was super young. And then my second came along, I was 26. So it, that's very not the norm, really. So I was always the young mom, you know, jumping in the pool and going on vacations with my girls. And I always thought that, I, you know, we were all close, very close, especially, you know, me not having siblings and so on. So I was super close to my kids and everybody was always like, oh, you know, you got to let them fly and let them do their thing. And you know, you can't be a helicopter mom and you can't be knowing everything and so on. And honestly, because of the world today, I, I wholeheartedly disagree with that. If you have a daughter or a son who is 11, 12 years old and they talk with you and stuff and just keep the communication open as much as you can, it may not stop it. it you know, it, because we're all we all do what we want to do at some point or another. But I mean, if the communication is open, I always told my girls, if you are at a party and you drank and you're scared and you need, I won't ask you anything. I will, I don't care if it's two, three, I don't care. I will come and pick you up. And it happened a few times where they called me and said, yeah, I'm not comfortable at this party or, or this person was supposed to drive us home and they've been drinking and I don't want to get in the car with them. And I'm like, all right, I'm there. And it's still that way now, meaning, they can call me anytime. I don't care what time it is. They call me, they text me. I will wake up and talk to them or whatever. That is so awesome. So I like, I would like to close all my podcasts with just this one statement. So if you are struggling, you just have to remember it's okay to not be okay. And don't be afraid to reach out for help if you need it. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Psychosis Is. If you liked this week's story, please give my show a follow, share with your friends or family, and leave a review. I would greatly appreciate it. If you or anyone you know has a psychosis story to share, please reach out to me at psychosisinquiries at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. Wow, wow, wow.